Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. 4-3, Flames beat the Sabres. Buffalo, after winning their first game two nights ago against Tampa, Right back in the loss column tonight. 1-3 on the season, a 4-3 defeat here tonight at the hands of the visiting Calgary Flames. As we welcome you into the Upstate Honda Dealers postgame show, visit your local Upstate Honda Dealers today. Live in the press box, I'm Brian Colzio along with Pat Malacaro, TJ Luckman, our network producer back in our Amherst studios. Paul Hamilton is on his way to the Sabres dressing room. We'll get player reaction coming up live in just a few moments. It was a game that the Sabres, each time, you got to give them credit for, able to respond, Pat, Every time Calgary was able to score and maybe try to take control, Buffalo responded. But just a lot of sloppiness, and the Sabres were never able to actually get the goal to actually get a lead themselves. Yeah, and maybe the moment that caps the night is the Sabres taking a too many men on the ice penalty with just over a minute to go in regulation. That kind of typifies what this night was for the Sabres. Yeah, they had their moments, like you mentioned, scoring a handful of times. Tate Thompson gets in the score sheet for the first time of the season, but you never had the sustained push. Calgary was able to kind of assert their will for a majority of this game, and that's one of the reasons why. Let's go down to the uh, down to the locker room for live reaction. Here's Alex Tuck up first with Paul. Alex, you guys were able to bounce back three different times after they took the lead. You couldn't on the fourth one. What was the overall thought about the game for the Sabres in your mind? I think we were inconsistent shift after shifts. I thought we had some really good shifts, and then we would follow it, follow it back with uh, a shift where we're on our heels, playing in the D zone, playing a little bit lazy, not supporting each other, and that's what happens when you play a skilled team is they're able to take advantage of uh, uh, some some of the uh, breaks that you give them. Uh, they came out and worked really hard, and um, their forecheck was good. But our breakout needs to be better. Uh, it's all five guys that need to be able to break the puck out, uh, six actually sometimes. So, um, you know, it's it was a... It was a game where we could have cleaned up a lot of mistakes and we could have controlled the pace of play and couldn't have had a little bit more possession if we wanted to. Was it nice to finally get on the power play? You scored on the third one, and it seemed like you were moving the puck around pretty well on that one you scored on. Was it nice to finally be able to get some power play time because you hadn't had much this season? Yeah, no, I think um, I think it was good. I think, obviously, uh, when you're on the power play, you get, get some good touches out there. We were moving the puck around. I thought we were working hard out, out in the power play, and... Uh, it was a great play from uh, Dolls and Cousy to find Tomer. And, uh, I mean, that's just some of the stuff that we're, we've been working on, getting the kinks out. It's still only game four, so 78 more games left and hopefully a lot more power plays and hopefully a lot more power play goals. When it comes to the, the passing, Alex, was it the result of what they were doing? It just seems like you guys were a little off, a little out of sync just as an entire group tonight, um, particularly five on five. No, I mean, they, they came out and worked hard. Um, but we didn't, like I said, we didn't really match their intensity. Um, and... I think our focus was off at times. Um, you know, 
Uh, I think we can communicate a little bit better out there. I thought we were a little quiet, and uh, that comes with uh, some of us veterans not really stepping up and t telling guys to talk a little bit more, I think. Um, you know, I, I, at times I thought we controlled the game, but uh, not consistently enough. Thank you, Alex. Alex Tuck on the post game. Brian, back to you. All right, Paul Hamilton there with Alex Tuck, who I think, Pat, is one of the players involved in this game tonight that did seem out of sync. That top line, five on five, which dominated for a lot last year, really still looking for their groove to start this year. And you could hear it in his voice, the the, the frustration, the, the angst, that uh, even though it is early in the year, that they, they haven't been able to really put together yet a game, uh, despite Thompson's goal, where they can really dominate and put the pressure on the other team. Yeah, there were so many instances last year where that Thompson-Tuck-Skinner would come out and just take over games. And tonight... You know, they get double shifted down the stretch of this game here, down by a goal. You're waiting, like, hey, where is that shift? Where is that shift? And it just didn't come. They are fighting the puck themselves. I almost feel like if this game happened last year, with the way it was setting up as a track meet in the first, this would have been a 6-5, 6-4 Sabre victory if this game were played last season. Tuck's still looking for his first goal. Thompson gets his first one tonight. Uh, Skinner has one point. It was a goal uh, in the win on Tuesday against Tampa. 4-3, Calgary winning in regulation. The Sabres are 1-3 and three to start the season. Obviously not what they were looking for. They'll continue this four-game homestand on Saturday against the New York Islanders. Pat, a team that they already struggled with with a loss on the road last week. And the conversation about being a better home team will continue until this team now is, is solidly over 500 home, just what one and two now of their, uh, of their three games here at, at Key Bank Center. Yeah, and tonight, at least for the first night, they win the special teams battle. That had been something that had been a thorn in their side or they hadn't been able to win. At least tonight, they get finally a power play goal, and obviously, you know, Paul mentioned it there with Alex Tuck. And then Calgary 0 for 5 on the power play. Uh, but that power play at the end of the game, you're trying to pull the goal, you're trying to make it 6 on 5, Pat. You mentioned it. I mean, that's just ill timing. And I know Rob said, well, it's early in the season and it has it. I mean, these guys have been, most of them have been playing together quite a bit. You can't let that happen with a minute to go. And it happens right after Calgary just keeps the puck in the neutral zone. Huberto almost playing four corners with his teammates, just letting the clock run out, and then you take the penalty. It wasn't a good minute of pocket of play there for the Sabres. For sure. So Calgary wins it 4-3. to three. More coming up from the locker room in just a moment, including Sabres head coach Don Granato, which we'll get to in a little bit. Highlights, stats, update you on the standings. It's a very busy night in the NHL. Uh, we'll continue to get that going. Uh, Devin Levi's ga game tonight. What'd you think? Yeah, this might have been the first time we were talking about it as the game was going on. This might be the first time that you maybe see Levi a little bit tired. Uh, mentioned the rebound control with Paul earlier, and you know the couple of instances, the near goal on, yeah. on the on the replay review that uh, kept the call on the ice as a no goal. Maybe the another example that that are really just running out of gas. Yep. Down to the room. Tage Thompson is up next, live with Paul Hamilton. Thanks, Brian Tage. We had talked about the end of the first, how you guys were able to come back twice after they scored. You did it a third time after we spoke, but you couldn't do it a fourth time. Did you feel it was just too inconsistent from the team tonight? Um, I think game management. Um, there's a time to make plays, and there's a time to get the puck deep and be smart with it. And um, I think uh, that was that was kind of the the difference maker tonight. I had one in the first, or um, have a chance to leave the zone and. Uh, turn it over, and then we spent some extended ozone time. I think that was kind of the theme for the night and just found ourselves trying to chase the game again. Um, we did it. We caught back up, and then um, 
you know, just make a mistake that would cost us again. So it was just, yeah, like you said, just being more consistent with that. How about the passing? Uh, it's At times it seemed like it was good, and other times it seemed like you guys were out of sync and struggling with it. Were they doing something different to you guys, or was it just not going well? I don't think they were doing anything different. Um, I think we can just do a better job supporting each other. Um, I think a lot of times we were, you know, 20, 30 feet from each other instead of those 5, 10-foot passes, you know, quick support and exit the zone together. Instead, I think we were a little spread out and, um, you know, I think we had better better support around the puck. I think that would solve a lot of things. Did it also not help, Tage? I mean, the timing of their goals, the types, I mean, it was just kind of chaotic at times, and it just felt like it was difficult to maybe get momentum. A lot of penalties. It was kind of a weird game in that regard. Yeah, it wasn't a whole lot of rhythm. Um, it's not an excuse. Obviously, it wasn't really a rhythm for them either, but um, thought power play had a couple of good looks and capitalized on that. Maybe it's a, a different game, but um, there's a lot of what-ifs what in, in hockey, and um, for us, it's just plain and simple. we just got to be better. got to be cleaner with, with puck execution, and um, I think it all comes down to compete. And obviously, we were, we were competing, but it was a little too late. What went into power play looking a little better tonight? I think just keeping it simple. Um, I think when you don't score in a while, you try, try to overcomplicate things. And I think we did some video this morning and just try to get back to basics, just shoot, recover pucks. And um, I think that's kind of the sequence of that goal there. It's just uh, you know puck recovery and kind of scrambly play and then uh, quick puck movement, let the puck do the work. And um, that was kind of the result of that goal. And I thought I thought our power play was good. We had, we had a lot of good looks, but... Um, obviously got to capitalize too. I know the tone is different with the final result of the game, but to tally your first and to kind of break the ice, how did that feel? You looked excited, obviously, in celebration. Yeah, it's obviously nice to get on the board, and when you're scoring, you're obviously helping the team, but there's there's other ways to help the team, and um, you know when you're not scoring, you got to do those things. So um, for me, just trying to focus on those things, and obviously the goals are going to come. So it's a, it's a long season. We're four games in. There's no need to panic. and. Obviously, you got to be better. There's no excuses to, to give away games, but um, you know, it's like I said, it's a long season. We'll be we'll be fine. Thank you, Tage. Tage Thompson in the post game. Brian, back to you. All right, Tage Thompson there with Paul says it's a long season. We're four games in. No time to panic. He's probably right. Although fans definitely don't want to hear that right now. <laughs> yeah, he's right. <laughs> All right, we'll go back down to the room in a moment here, or back with Pat in a moment. Here's Eric Johnson live. Eric, when you look at the overall game, yes, you were able to come back three different times when you were down, but you couldn't on the fourth. Do you think it was just an inconsistent effort overall? Well, I think, um, you know, we're going to be able to score goals like that most of the year, but until we have a, a commitment to team defense, we, we won't accomplish much. We, um, we're tied 2-2 with a minute left in the second. We give up a breakaway, give up a short uh, odd man rush, and then we give up a four-on-two, two minutes into the third. So... Um, we won't win in the long run like that, and that takes a five-man commitment on the ice to, to do it right. And I think um, sometimes that comes with, uh, you know, going through those those lumps. And sometimes in order to uh, have success, you got to learn those mistakes. But those are things we can clean up no problem. It's just a mindset to committing to do that. What's the balance, Eric, of obviously having the urgency to, to make that commitment while also not – not panicking or maybe not you know thinking too much about record or what maybe what the standings are even at this point of the year I mean I, I think just as a group uh, um, you know the only focus should be the game at hand I don't think you look ahead or behind there's no sense in doing that you can't change what happened 
Uh, in the past, you can only change um, what you're going to do in the moment. And I think for us as a team to take that next step, um, you make the play that's there. And when the play that, um, when the simple play is there, you make it. I mean, I think sometimes we try and overcomplicate it. And we have a lot of skill in this room, and that will take over um, when the opportunity is there. But I think as a group, we have to come and recognize that that's not always going to be the case. And we have to commit to defense. And um, when you do that, you will get offense and you will win. And uh, I don't have all the answers, but I've seen a lot and I've experienced a lot. And uh, I try and share some of those experiences. But, you know, it takes everybody, including myself, to to do that. And um, sometimes it's, it's through a, a loss like that, which was right at our fingertips to at least get a point you know that's the frustrating part um so i think uh it's a learning experience and hopefully there's not many more of them against tampa i lost paul there is he speaking with defenseman eric johnson who is giving some i i want to say some criticism of the lack of commitment, I'll, I'll quote him here, he says, until we have a commitment to team defense, we won't win in the long term. And I think this is the reason why Eric Johnson was brought in in the offseason by Kevin Adams. He's been around the league, former number one overall pick. As he said, he's seen a lot. He's been through a lot of the league. He's also won a Stanley Cup recently. All right, let's head back down. Here's Eric Johnson. Can't do that. And then two minutes into the third, we have four and two and get scored on. I mean, those are things that will kill you in the long run. And... You know, like I said, I, I don't have all the answers, and I, I don't, I don't want to sound like, I, I, you know, I don't, I don't know everything. I, I've made my fair share of mistakes in my career. I've made my fair share of mistakes tonight. But um, to win in the long run, you have to commit to puck management, knowing what time's on the clock, and um, that comes with time. I think we'll get there. It's early in the season. It's not the record we wanted. But not, not the record we thought we'd have. But. You can't really, you can't dwell on it. You just got to get ready, flush it down the toilet, learn from the mistakes, and, and get ready for the next one. That's all you can do. Eric, on your goal, uh, Kyle did something that you, I'm, I'm sure, seen him do a thousand times before, knowing him like you do. He got in on that forecheck very quickly, and you probably don't score that goal without him getting in on that forecheck, do you? No, I mean, I mean that's something. It's great to score. It's great to you know uh, contribute any way on the team. Uh, I can and. Uh, credit to Kyle and, and, and Dolls for making those plays. I mean, any time I can chip one, it's a bonus. It's not really what I'm known for anymore, but uh, fun fun to contribute. Obviously, I'd trade that for a win, but, um, you know, it's nice to contrib- contribute and hopefully pot a few more and, and get some more wins, most importantly. Thank you, Eric. Thank you, guys. Eric Johnson on the post game. Brian, back to you. All right, really good interview there with Eric Johnson, part of our Blue and Gold Locker Report, brought to you by Roswell Park Comprehensive Cancer Center. Early detection of cancer is our goal. Get in the game at roswellpark.org slash WGR. Well, I want to talk a little bit more about what Eric Johnson said there. I thought some really, really good things that he obviously new to this team is noticing early on, and uh, we'll chat a little bit more about that with Pat. We'll chat a little bit more about that with Paul Hamilton. But still to come, Don Granado, highlights, scores, standings update, all coming your way here on our Upstate Honda Dealers postgame show. But at this time, we're going to say goodnight to all of our local affiliate stations. If you want to keep listening to the postgame, go to WGR550.com or on the Odyssey app. And for all of you on our flagship on WGR, more postgame coming up here live at KeyBank Center. Final score, Calgary 4, Buffalo 3. I'm Brian Colziel. This is the Buffalo Sabres Radio Network.
3 to Calgary. Here's Don Granato now live. Uh, I didn't think we, I mean, the difference in the game for me was uh, uh, Calgary did a nice job playing a very direct game and they got their bounces. They, they made their breaks. Uh, I felt we didn't play direct enough. Um, ironically, two areas we were um, we were good in were the penalty kill and the, and the power play. And, and those, I think, the guys went into a game with, um, you know, they, they, they dialed in there. Uh, five on five, we, we played a little bit too, uh, wanted to play a little bit pretty at times, and we didn't play direct enough. And it's, uh, it was tough sledding as a result. What can your group take away from end of the second period, early in the third when it's a tie game, but just a few mistakes, you give up breakaway, odd man rushes? Um, well, the, the, the sequence that led to that goal, as uh, unfortunate as it is, we obviously were in their zone for, I don't know the time, close to a minute. So it was a very, very good shift. Um, but very characteristic to... to you know, we, we went into the third period, we, we played a little bit more depth and a little bit more battle low, uh, um, which was good. And then uh, we had a group that was out there a little bit long and, and tired. They had one more great, it was, it was too good of an opportunity to actually pass up. We had that quick up, uh, but we didn't have drive. We didn't have, the, we didn't have a second guy driving the defenseman off on entry. And uh, that was something we didn't do enough uh, the entire game. And it was a real simple thing to see. Uh, when you look at our entries, did we did we drive enough depth? Did we put enough pucks behind? And when you're unwilling to do that, you're usually unwilling to shoot and go after pucks too. And uh, again, it was uh, we didn't uh, we wanted an easier game, and we almost got away with it, almost. But uh, it's a it's not a good habit to, to get into. You finally got an opportunity to get some power plays, and then on your third one, it seemed like the guys. Moved it around very well. You know, got got retrieved bucks, moved it around, and you, you were rewarded for it. Was it nice to see the power play start working like that when you when you were finally able to get some power plays? Well, you hit it right there. Finally able to get some power plays. You know, if you look at our power plays in the first three games, they're, they're broken power plays. Lots of broken power plays, where where you're killing. It's a penalty, and you only have 30 seconds on a power play. Actually, the first minute and a half, you kill the penalty. Or so so the, and. I think there was only one power play in one of the games, or maybe none. So, so they haven't had a lot of opportunity in game to work tonight. There was a lot of power plays, and they looked better. It, they looked like they got in sync better as a result of uh, time on it. And uh, hopefully, that's a good thing moving forward. Uh, what do you think about what do you make of Devin's game? Um, there seemed to be some sloppiness to it, some unexpected goals, I think, and almost. Your thoughts on almost him, him almost giving up that goal from the center? Just, uh, you know, again, when you put it in the context of, of what I said at the outset, they were willing to put pucks to the net and create the chaos that's necessary to make the situation look chaotic. They were, they, you know, they, they, were, they were intent on creating chaos and capitalizing on it. Um, better than we were. We wanted to pass our way into the net. So there was two goals, I think, that went off skates um, and then directly to the next guy. The first one, I think, went off Devin's skate. It would have went wide. Um, that was a deflection and a second chance. The second goal might have went off their skate to a guy wide open. But again, they're willing to throw it to the net. They're willing to go to the net. They're willing to create that chaos, which means you're ready to capitalize on it. Um, so 
yeah, challenging, a more challenging night for the goaltender, in this case, Devin, tonight as a result. Um, and I'll watch it more, John, and, and, uh, before I uh, give too much more of an opinion on it, I guess. Scorers can go four games without goals. In the middle of the season, it's not noticed as much as it is now at the start when a guy is at zero. I mean, given that, how much do you just sense Alex is struggling pressing out there because he isn't producing much offensively? I mean, Alex is a very competitive guy, ultra-competitive guy, so you, you could, I could answer that saying he's pressing all the time because he always wants more. Um, and he always feels pressure, puts a lot of pressure on himself to do more. So when you're not scoring or you're not, you know, you feel you, he's a guy that has a very high personal standard and you know, he pretty consistently feels he's not living up to it because it's so high. Um, so, yeah, it, 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 this, it's frustrating for him not to score, but he's, he's working. He's, uh, you know, we know, it's, we know it's coming. It's only a matter of time. And, uh, but he certainly was no issue tonight uh, with respect to that outcome. I thought he was more direct. He had a couple of chances early. I maybe overhandled the puck a little bit before he pulled the trigger, and the, and the goal he did not. He grabbed it and snapped it uh, in one motion or pretty much one motion. So I thought he even was a, was a little better, uh, even within the game, uh, got better as it went. Alex mentioned that he didn't feel like you guys matched their intensity and that the communication wasn't super great on the bench. Did you notice either of those? Well, you can look at that lots of different ways. Um, with the respect, it fits in the context of what I said. Um, we were not willing to put pucks behind. We wanted to, you know, we wanted to pass our way through, and you know, you've got to be able to put. You got to have a willingness to put pucks behind into the net to drive. That's the guy without the puck driving and um, it was pretty evident we didn't do that enough uh, we did it sparse and when we did it it actually was effective but not consistent how do you find the balance in, i guess getting that message to your guys even though knowing you have such a skilled group i mean sometimes they can make things happen based on their skill but always yeah it'll never not be a challenge with a skilled group it's just every team in this league goes through the same thing Especially the more skilled you are, because you, you get a false sense of uh, your own skill. We we can we can make this play, um, and we made a lot of attempted a lot of plays in front of their coverage, which is an easier read for them. You've got to drive and drive their coverage back and put pucks behind in order to break down. You got to shoot pucks like the goals that were scored to create a little chaos and second chances. But that is, that is an ongoing battle with every team and every coach. Uh, the more talented a player is, it's just the way it is. This is probably a question, but as the lines are right now, do you still see Krebs as a second line option on the right wing, or do you think that might be more tinkering? He he is definitely an option there uh, because he competes, and the more time he gets there, the better he'll be, and even practice reps there. Um, but yes, he he's he'll always be an option there. That doesn't mean the next game you'll see him there, but he'll always be an option for that. All right, there's Sabres head coach Don Granato live on the postgame following the Flames 4-3 win over the Buffalo Sabres. As we bring it up back up here to the press box, Brian Colziel, Pat Malacaro. This is the Upstate Honda Dealers postgame show. Visit your local Upstate Honda dealers today. Well, the Sabres never lead in this game. Calgary with one nothing, two 
one, three, two, and four, three leads each time the Sabres respond, but Buffalo never able to go on top by themselves, and uh, it adds up to a regulation defeat for Buffalo. They drop to one and three. The Islanders are here Saturday for the next game at seven o'clock. Uh, that'll be the Goathead red and black jerseys for that game. But uh, as we bring Pat back in here, Pat, uh, want to talk a little bit more about Eric Johnson? Pretty, um, I don't want to say strong words, but direct words tonight, uh, talking about the Sabers. Again, not taking the play that is there for them. Says they can't overcomplicate it. And also says if there's not going to be a commitment to defense, then he doesn't see a long-term kind of winning success coming from this group. Yeah, I'm not going to sit here and say the Sabres needed a new voice in the room going into the season because I think the leaders that they have in there already going into this year uh, did a good job last year. But I think it was worth noting that you add someone with a lot of veteran presence to add to the other voices in the room, somebody who can lead by example. And, oh, by the way, an alternate captain with Colorado under uh, Gabriel Landeskog, who was a young captain in the league, so really having to help mentor some of the younger players on Colorado through his time there. And I think that carries some weight. And sometimes another voice from the outside you know, seeing the way things are, you know, within the game with this team is a good thing. So I, I like the way Eric Johnson uh, answered his questions and was very honest and blunt. Yeah, I would agree. Sabers tonight fall four to three. Islanders will be coming up next, and um, I think, uh, unless I'm reading Don Granado wrong, uh, when asked about Devin Levi, uh, didn't you know? We know Don Granado doesn't isn't going to publicly go after players in the media. We just know that's not his style to do. But when asked about it either, I think we got the sense from him with that answer about, hey, the Flames trying to create chaos or whatever. All that, Pat, kind of seemed as though, like, hey, that, that was a kind of a, a tiresome workmanship-like night for Levi that maybe maybe lends to Saturday. Maybe we do see a different goalie. Yeah, and maybe not what we would have thought going into the night, expecting Levi to maybe continue on. But definitely, I think, uh, you know, part of the conversation now. Yep. Your drive home from the game, brought to you by Paddock Chevrolet. With you for the extra mile. Now on your drive home, you get to hear from Paul Hamilton as we go back down to the media room. Paul, I want to start with Eric Johnson. I thought he had some really direct words tonight. Um, Not to say that uh, it was dramatic or super strong, but it was direct. He basically said, look, this team overcomplicates things offensively, and then on the defensive end, if there's not a commitment there, there's not going to be long-term success. So, I mean, he was pretty direct i thought with his comments tonight he was and he knows what he's talking about this this is a man who's won the stanley cup he's 35 years old uh he understand and i remember when they signed him he talked about how and you know the offensive guys colorado has and mckinnon and rantanen and mccarr and it, it, the list goes on and uh cadre used to be there too who's here with the flames and he said until they made a commitment to have those guys make a defensive commitment. And he said it really didn't take away that much from the offense. You heard what he said today, that it actually adds to the offense because what you're doing is you're getting back, you're making plays, you're doing well without the puck, and you get the puck back and you get into transition and up you go. And you're on the offensive end after that. So, you know, he was he was very clear about what, the, what, what he talked about. And, uh, you know, he he's, hasn't wavered from that, and I don't think he will. He knows that efforts like tonight will not get it done. They will not make the playoffs if that's the way they play all year. Now, as Tage Thompson says, this is game four. They're not going to panic, nor should they. Um, it's just tough when you're chasing. 
and you make yourself chase right off the bat. But um, it is only game four. There are still a lot of games to be played and uh, a lot of goals to be scored by some people who haven't been able to score goals. And, uh, you know, I, 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 I still don't see them playing like this a lot. I, I see it being different fairly soon. And, Paul, I don't know if you heard Brian and I just right there telling before you joined us, but the one other thing I like about Eric Johnson and being a voice in the room is it's somebody from the outside. Not that the Sabres are devoid of leadership. I, I, don't, I don't even think that at all. But I, I do think somebody, as you mentioned, who's been through a lot, won, and even Eric Johnson admitted he's made his mistakes in the league throughout his time, but it's a voice from the outside to a group that really has been together for the last couple of years is another aspect of it that I really appreciate. Yeah, and you heard him talk about how they gave up the shorthanded breakaway. What was it? About twenty-eight seconds left to go in the third or in the second period, and uh, they don't score on that. Uh, you know, I, I believe that was the one Levi made a save on. They had a couple of them. He, he, they missed the net on one. And he made a save on one. I think that's the one he made the save on. And uh, then they get into the third period, and Benson gets crossed up with Darlene. Was it? I believe. And they get caught, and four Calgary Flames are coming up ice, and that's it. That winds up in the net. Coleman scores on that goal. And, you know, they you can come back, and they did three different times in that game. And as Don Granado said, they almost got away with the sloppy play that we saw in that game. But uh, they didn't. They couldn't come back a fourth time. And then the sloppiest play of all, you're trying to get the goalie out, and you get caught with too many men on the ice. So here you are with 107 left in the game. You're trying to get a goal, and the best you're going to be able to do is pull the goalie and have a five-on-five. Paul Hamilton down in the media room as the Sabres fall in regulation tonight, 4-3 to to the Calgary Flames, dropping now to 1-3 and on the season. Paul, we just obviously talked about the defensive side with what Eric Johnson said. The offensive side, we know guys are struggling. It is only four games in. How many times last year did we watch – especially even in this building in front of our own eyes, the top line, the Thompson line, just dominate five-on-five. And we just really, (laughs) we have barely seen that if if at all. And within that, we know Thompson finally gets a goal tonight, but individually the three of them just seem to be out of sync. The passing and the flow and the entry is just not where they need it to be. Yeah, and it just seems like Alex Tuck is pressing. And you heard Don Granato talk about Alex Tuck, how he – you know, he cares, and he's ultra-competitive, and when things aren't going his way, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if he's pressing. He expects to score goals. He expects nothing less out of himself. Uh, nobody is going to be harder on Alex Tuck, no fan, you or me, than Alex Tuck is going to be. Uh, he, he knows when he's playing well, and he knows when he's not. And he, if he's not playing well, he will get frustrated with that because he expects – to play well he expects to score goals he expects for this team to win and when it doesn't he takes it personally and uh, do I think he will get better I absolutely do do I think he will score goals I absolutely do so the question is you know when is it going to get on track for him yep Paul how about Devin Levi's game tonight I know maybe we had discussed about him uh, playing again on Saturday I don't know if Maybe tonight's the best time to even say that answer, but uh, what did you think tonight and then just maybe towards Saturday? I thought he struggled. I mean, the first goal, he thought he kicked the rebound to the left. He actually had kicked it to the right. 
So Huberdeau had a wide open net, and Levi didn't even know where the puck was. He had no idea. He was still looking to his left trying to locate it because that's where he thought the rebound went. Uh, he had some trouble with rebound control, but yet, you know, they had a couple of great shorthanded chances, and he made some really good saves on that. I mean, he did make some very good saves along the way, but then I, I just don't understand how a puck from center ice, he gets confused that he thinks it's going to be icing, and it winds up, in my opinion, in the net. Now, you cannot call that a goal because you have to be able to see the puck, but it, there's really no other place that puck could have been other than in the net. They couldn't call it a goal, of course, because yeah. you can't see the puck. But how do you get confused? so confused on that? that it winds up in your net. And, uh, you know, the, you, you got to know when the puck's on your net are going to be icing. So that's just, it wasn't his night. I just don't think he was sharp. Paul, the home ice woes continue from last season into this season, at least so far. Uh, but two more opportunities coming up to salvage this homestand. They've got two more home games, Islanders Saturday, Canadians on Monday. But, you know, I, I will quote Tate Thompson. It is too early to panic. I agree. But I feel like there has to be uh, two or three minimum of points coming out of these last two games here. Otherwise, we're going to start to talk about not only the slow start, chasing in the standings, and not playing well at home. I think those will all start to come into play. Well, the head coach talked about they were looking for an easy game. They can't be looking for an easy game. I mean, they have to do the things necessary. As he said, there are ways to back the other team off. You know, the offside uh, winger coming up, you know, getting in behind the defense and backing them off a little bit so you have some room to get into the zone and get your four-check started. Look at the first two goals and why they were scored because a four-check started. Kyle Oposo gets in on the first goal. He didn't look like he had a chance, but yet he bolts from the left wall all the way to the other side of the goal, gets there first, starts the four-check, Gets it back to Darlene, who quickly gets it to Johnson, who scores on a screenshot. There's your first goal. And then there was good puck retrieval on that power play goal by Thompson, where the work was done. Cousins and Skinner and Tuck, all with good puck control and getting in there, winning battles. And then Darlene finds uh, Skinner, in, or rather Thompson, in his spot, and he lets it go, and they wind up with a power play goal. But if they're not hustling and they're not in on the forecheck, and doing the things that they need to do, neither one of those goals gets scored. They got scored because on those two goals, they worked very hard. Paul, thank you very much for your work tonight. Appreciate the conversation. I know uh, Eric Johnson's interview, if anybody missed it, it was, I think, very good tonight. We'll have it up at WGR550.com in just a little bit. Uh, we will chat here Saturday on the pregame. Thank you. Thanks again, Paul. I'll be here. Talk to you then. Okay. Paul Hamilton down in the media room. Back up here in the press box with Pat. I'm Brian Colziel. It is a 4-3 Calgary victory. Uh, before we go to the break here, let's get our injury report in. Brought to you by Losi and Ganji, Buffalo's workers' compensation and personal injury attorneys working hard for hardworking Western New Yorkers. Matias Samuelson kind of came into the day as a game-time decision. He ends up playing, and I thought played pretty well. 19-12 of ice time on 24 shifts. One shot, and Pat, he did have one of the big hits of the game. He had two so uh, two in total uh, on the night. Yeah, you wouldn't know he was dealing with an upper body injury, at least in, in something as early in the season. So, yeah, a, a solid performance today. And, um, you know, for the Sabres, they're going to need that. We saw last year the difference with Samuelson in the lineup as opposed to when he wasn't. We've talked about it before, how it just puts everybody in the right spot defensively in terms of the pairings when he's in. And without him, 
that is something they lack in his his physicality, his toughness, and his size. All right, we'll take a timeout here on the Upstate Honda Dealers postgame show. Visit your local Upstate Honda Dealers today. When we come back, we will get some highlights. We'll get Pat's scoreboard, update you on the standings. Your phone calls are welcome, 803-0550. Final again, Calgary 4, Buffalo 3. I'm Brian Colsey along with Pat Malacaro. This is the Buffalo Sabres Radio Network. Flames up top. Huberdeau and Anderson. Big hit over on the far side. And Lindholm is going to the bench without his helmet and his stick. Clinton collision of the game right there. Matias Samuelson. Big hit on Elias Lindholm. Late second period. Hit of the game again. Brought to you by Clinton Collision. We are there when you need a repair. Back here on the post game, Brian Colziel, Pat Malacaro, 4-3, Flames victorious as the Sabres drop to 1-3. We'll preview this Islander game coming up here in just a few minutes. We'll also get a check of the scores with Pat. If you want to get a call in, now is the time to do it. 803-0550 is the number. We'll also check some of the tweets coming in uh, at Brian WGR. Uh, three stars tonight, Dylan Cousins, the lone Sabre on this. He's star number three. Jonathan Hooperdo opened the scoring, star number two. And Adam Ruzicka with the game-winning goal. He's star number one. We'll make Adam Ruzicka the electric player of the game. Brought to you by Town Ford. When you think of Ford, think of Town Ford. All right, let's get some highlights in now from this one. And uh, we'll pick it up late second period. Samuelson just had the hit on Lidholm that we heard from there. And the game is tied at two. Chance here for the Flames to grab the lead. But Lidholm coming out of the box one-on-one with Devin Levi. Here's a breakaway chance for Lindholm. Takes the pass. Saved by Levi. Not on my watch, Devin Levi says. Not now. Big save there from Levi to keep it a 2-2 game heading to the third period. That right there is our save of the game. Brought to you by your Upstate Honda dealers. To see the exciting all-new Honda lineup, visit your local Upstate Honda dealer today. So 2-2 going to the third and three goals quickly. Calgary just 152, regaining the lead on a four-on-two where Blake Coleman finishes the deal. Gilbert trying to get off to the races here down the wing. He does. He lays it into the slot. Far circle one-timer. They score. The Flames take the lead. As Coleman's shot beats Devin Levi. And it all started at that Calgary blue line. 52 into the third. Coleman's first. Coronado and Yes, Buffalo native Dennis Gilbert getting on the score sheet with the secondary assist. 3-2. Flames lead it. Less than two minutes later, though, Buffalo responding again. Cousins finding Paterka to tie it at three. Get the roll that time, and it's across the line here. Cousins lays it inside for power. Can't slide it in. Rebound. It's off the bar. Did not fall in. Comes back to the point. Yoki Haru lays it to the wall, gets it back again on top of the zone. Down the right side. Cousins in the middle of the ice. Scores! J.J. Paterka. Rusin. And we're tied at three. 3-14 into the third. Paterka's second from Cousins and Yoki Haru. 3-3 is the score there. But Sabres again feel like they just can't get an opportunity to maybe grab their own lead, their first of the night. Calgary comes right back just over a minute later with the game winner. Play stays on the near wall. 
Lipton trying to clear, they score! That comes right to the faceoff circle, and Ruzicka picks up his second of the year. And the Flames are back on top, it's 4-3. One after Paterka scored a tie to three, Adam Ruzicka gets his second from Kadri on a pass to the circle dot, and a quick low shot beats Devin Levi. That made it 4-3 Flames, that's your game-winning goal, and that is your play of the game. The NOCO play of the game, brought to you by NOCO, the official natural gas and electric supplier to the Buffalo Sabres. Any last-minute stretch for the Sabres, some of it foiled by the fact they took a penalty with 107 to go for too many men on the ice, and uh, with Levi pulled, just really not uh, any sort of great, great A scoring opportunities in the final minute, and uh, a 4-3 regulation loss for the Sabres. Get you the scoreboard in a moment, but before that, our final stats brought to you by Level Financial Advisors, helping you retire better. Visit levelfa. Com. Final shot totals end up 37 for the Flames, 27 for the Sabres. Power plays, Buffalo 1 of 5, Calgary 0 of 5. One area tonight the Sabres did do well in was the special teams in that sense. Even on the power plays the Sabres uh, did not score on, I thought it did look its best of the season. In the nets, Dan Vladar gets the win, 24 saves. Devin Levi the loss, 32 saves. The announced attendance at KeyBank Center... 13,025. Buffalo's next home game, Saturday night, 7 o'clock. Islanders are in town. See them for the second time this season. Uh, we'll have the pregame show starting at 6 right here on the Sabres radio network. All right, we'll get some fan response in a moment, but first, check the scores. Pat, we've got a busy sports night here. Let's see uh, how everything's finishing up. Yeah, we'll take a look across several different leagues, and it's brought to you by Alex's Place in Batavia. Oh, man, now I want ribs. First, we'll take a look on the ice where they're in the third period in St. Louis. The Coyotes with a 5-2 lead over the Blues as Nick Bukestad opened the scoring earlier in the contest for Arizona in that one. Also, they're in the third period in Minnesota where the Kings have a 5-2 lead over the Wild. Pierre-Luc Dubois, two goals for L.A. in that contest, while Kirill Kaprizov has his second of the season so far in a losing effort. Late stages of the opening period in Anaheim. Ducks won, stars nothing, while the Kraken and Hurricanes tied at one apiece. Carolina 3-1-0 to begin the year, while the Kraken 0-3-1, looking for the first win of the season. Just about to drop the puck tonight in Colorado between the 3-0 Avalanche and the Blackhawks, while the Bruins bring their 2-0 record into San Jose tonight, taking on the Sharks, that also at 10-30. The Kita Kutrov a pair of goals as the Lightning defeat the Canucks 4-3. It's the Panthers 3-1 winners over the Maple Leafs tonight. The Predators shutting down the Rangers 4-1. Same score, Flyers top the Oilers. And the Golden Knights remain perfect on the year. They're 5-0, including 2-0 away from home with a 5-3 win over the Jets tonight. Now to baseball. Earlier today, in walk-off fashion, the Diamondbacks defeat the Phillies 2-1. The series moves to Game 4 tomorrow in Arizona. Philadelphia with a two-games-to-one series lead despite the loss today. The Houston Astros on the verge of tying the American League Championship Series with a 9-3 lead over the Rangers, now top of the seventh inning. Texas went into this with a two-games-to-none lead yesterday and lost to lost to Houston yesterday and now on the verge of falling to the Astros for a second straight day. Game 5 would be tomorrow as well. Also, two football games. The first game of Week 7 of the NFL slate is underway. A couple of touchdowns for Travis Etienne, a pick six for the Jaguars as well. They're laying it on the Saints, 24-9. New Orleans with the ball 
at the Jacksonville one-yard line, but they are trailing now heading to the fourth quarter, Brian. Okay, so the Jaguars beat the Bills. They won both games in London. They come back, beat Indy last week. They're on the verge of winning again here. They could go to 5-2. and two. Trevor Lawrence really hasn't even been kind of lighting it up at all either. He's been... I guess statistically struggling, but uh, they're winning. Yeah, and he hasn't had to, dealing with a little bit of knee injury as well. It's been the Travis Etienne show uh, all night long. And, again, that's been, uh, you know, team the Bills will maybe see again later in the season, see how things shake out. Yep. All right, let's get our first response from the fans here, our Surf Pro first response, brought to you by Surf Pro of Central Buffalo's Team Luzzy. They respond first and faster to any size disaster. You can always send me your thoughts after each and every game. If you can't get in on the phones, you can always send me your thoughts on Twitter or X at Brian WGR. All right, let's uh, read some tweets here. Kevin says, this team was built on skill, not a lot of emphasis on physical play. Granado's comment on the direct game, getting pucks behind or directly connected to that physicality. I still think not enough grind on this roster to play that style. A lot of dangle and passing into the net. But I do think, Players like Casey Middlestat have learned how to play a tougher, more physical game. He might not be the biggest guy in the league, but what's made him successful, what's been able to play the puck outside of the faceoff dots and towards the wall. And I think, yes, you're right, this team is built on skill. But you also have a guy like Tage Thompson who is very physical as well. So I do think there's a little bit of a balance. It tends towards skill over physicality, but I don't think by any stretch of the imagination the Sabres get pushed around the ice all that often. Yep. Uh, Joe says, in response to Eric Johnson's comment, says he definitely had some refreshing things to say compared to a lot of usual generic responses. Very well spoken, too. That's definitely what we heard from him. Uh, yeah. And you said, too, like, um, while he may be toward the back end of his career, he can be, I think, in a way – similar to what Craig Anderson was in the room for this team last year. Now, we know Anderson is now since going to maybe be on board, at least in some capacity, to help this team out in that sense too. But uh, another good voice with um, a ton of experience in terms of winning, with obviously uh, with the Avalanche organization. Yeah, and, and he was a leader with Colorado as well. This isn't like he uh, left there and is now just becoming a leader here. He, he's led by example plenty out in Colorado. And just you know, seeing some of the... Uh, intermission or post-game interviews in his interactions with his teammates over the years in Colorado, somebody who is so well-liked out there as well. That's the other part of it. Um, so I think he brings that to the Sabres team. And uh, like I said, sometimes it's good to have that extra voice that maybe wasn't there before that, that can really uh, help lead the way. Uh, Anthony responding, uh, too, on the commitment to defense that Eric Johnson said, 100%. Too many odd man rushes as well, putting the goalie kind of out to dry at that point. Sabres do give up odd man rushes, but a piece of that almost reminds me of how Lindy Ruff used to kind of coach this team to say, look, when you've got Ryan Miller in net, you can go ahead and take that chance. Go ahead and go for it, knowing, look, for the chances you take on the offensive end that may result in the goals, I still think it'll be more than the uh, odd man rushes you give up on the other end. Now, I'm not saying Devin Levi is at Ryan Miller's uh, level at this moment. I think he has the potential to be, but... Um, you also have a super young goalie, so it is tricky there. Like, how aggressive do you want to be offensively with possibly leaving to those odd man rushes the other way? And I think on the nights where you know Devin Levi is maybe fighting it a little bit, and as evidenced early in the game tonight, 
limit those chances. Don't give up as many on-man rushes, or at least try and limit those. You're, you're still going to go up and down the ice quickly, but try and figure out a way to do it responsibly so that you don't give up so many opportunities because you're going to need your goalie to bail you out a lot. Well, then you have to return the favor as well, and it's not just by outscoring your opponent. Yeah, and a lot of comments in here. I'm not going to read them all on Alex Tuck. Some people are <laughs> going after him pretty hard. Some people say, look, you know, it's still very early. But right now, Alex Tuck is probably at the top of the list of the top offensive players that is not producing right now. And, yes, Tate Thompson is 100% right. Four games into the year, nowhere near time to hit the panic button. But it goes back to the expectations of this team this year is the playoffs. And in order to be a playoff team, you've, you've got to start figuring out sooner than later because you won't you'll win your fair share of games, but you don't want to put yourself so far behind everybody else that you're playing catch-up all season long. And, again, home ice was such an issue for this team uh, last year that you don't want it to become an issue, uh, even though it, this is only home game number three out of 41. That's right. All right, Pat, thank you. All right, we'll take a timeout here. When we come back, we're going to hear from Sabres GM Kevin Adams. He spoke with Chopin the Bulldog earlier this afternoon on our flagship station on WGR. Uh, state of the team. Obviously, some of this was before this game tonight, but uh, kind of where the GM's head is at here as he entered this game tonight. Flames beat the Sabres by a score of 4-3. to three. This is the Upstate Honda Dealers postgame show. Visit your local Upstate Honda Dealers today. We'll come back to KeyBank Center in a moment, and Sabres GM Kevin Adams also on the way right here on the Buffalo Sabres Radio Network. Stays on the near wall. Clifton trying to clear. They score. That comes right to the faceoff circle. And Ruzicka picks up his second of the year. And the Flames are back on top. It's 4-3. Early third period after Calgary and Buffalo had already won score, or scored one each. There's your game winner from Adam Ruzicka as the Flames beat the Sabres 4-3. As we bring it back here to KeyBank Center on the Upstate Honda Dealers postgame show. Brian Colzio, Pat Malacaro. We're going to hear from Sabres GM Kevin Adams, his conversation uh, on our flagship station with Chopin the Bulldog coming up here uh, in just a few moments. Uh, the homestand will continue Saturday with the Islanders at 7, and then the Montreal Canadiens here on Monday before Buffalo takes two on the road. And, uh, Pat, on Tuesday, the Sabres will play in Ottawa at a weird start time, 6.45. But that day, on Tuesday, what is the 24th of October, the whole league's going to play, and they're going to have – games i believe the first game is 6 30 and they're going to kind of play at 15 minute increments kind of the entire league going to go that day um the first game that day oh it's a six o'clock game okay so toronto and washington at six that's espn 6 30 anaheim at columbus then at 6 45 the senators host the sabers that of course the game there then there's a game at 7 7 15 7 30 7 45 8 8 15 8 30 8 45 all the way through to 11 o'clock when Philadelphia is at Vegas. So uh, you've got games that entire night, pretty much all at 15-minute increments with everybody playing. So I think that'll be a fun night next Tuesday. It is. It's something, though, that we were talking about pregame today that you'd love to see on a weekend. Uh, and just the ability to sit there. How much fun was it two Sundays ago when you're able to wake up in the morning, 
the Bills were playing the Jaguars at 9.30, and then you had football all day long. Yeah. Some folks didn't get off the couch for probably 12 hours. Save a couple of breaks. Maybe maybe to eat. But that would be, to me, as as big of a hockey fan as I am, if you told me on a, on a Saturday, uh, you know, when you have the uh, Hockey Day across America or even when all the Canadian teams play and, like, the Leafs will play in Vancouver in, in the early game yes. on CBC or earlier in the day, to me, that's a great opportunity for hockey fans to just be able to uh, watch games all day long. I wouldn't get off the couch all day. Yeah, I think it's if this if this goes well, I think a Saturday after football is done, when college football is done, or you know, I know there's NFL playoffs on Sundays, which you know, again in in the U.S. is going to take huge prominence for you know for obvious reasons. But you know, when you get into February, March, there's definitely some Saturdays there where I don't see any reason why this wouldn't be a home run, where you could start, you could play a game at 11 a.m. You know, somebody on the East Coast said, hey, who wants to take the 11 a.m. game? I bet you there would be some teams that would be willing to host. And then you go 11.30 and you go 12 and you go 12.30 and you go and you can go all the way through to midnight if you wanted to with the games uh, out of the West Coast. Um, I think it will be fun that night. I don't know how much games you can actually watch because they are, if, you know, eventually here there's going to be quite a bit of games kind of like on a normal night. But you could spread them a little bit more out on the weekend, like you said, on a Saturday where you could start them maybe at 11 a.m. or maybe at noon uh, worst case, and then spread them out and get them going and kind of almost treat it kind of like college football does on a Saturday where it's just on all day. You could have all your networks participating. You could have a game on ESPN, on ESPN2, on TNT, on TBS. The streaming platforms are the such streaming an important platforms. part of it. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and spread them out, and you could probably, you know, you'd have games all day on the ESPN networks and on the, TN, you know, on the Turner networks. Yes, it'd be great, and, you know, we see that in college football. College basketball has even adopted that a little bit at the early part of the year where some some days you'll have almost everybody playing and uh, you know so it's a lot of fun and I think an exciting idea and you know for for Ottawa also they're an organization that for years has had very low attendance so they've been trying to find ways to whether it be starting early earlier than seven or just to, to get the maximum amount of fans in and out of the arena there in Canada as quickly as possible so for them I'm sure the 6:45 start time is something uh, they will like as well so um, I know I don't know if you've ever been to that arena in Ottawa but you know it's not in this downtown area right yeah the, the idea originally kind of like Florida and Sunrise where you build it and everything else will come around it it never did and now you've got just just this arena that has been kind of run down over the years so not a lot to really enjoy if you're a Senators fan there and the hockey hasn't been good either so um yeah I'm sure they'll they'll like it Ottawa undergoing ownership change maybe even a push for another new building there um, but they've got an, a, a young team with some uh, offensive firepower. They made a couple of moves in the offseason, too, to bring in some names. Tarasenko, one of them. Giroux, I believe, as well. So uh, they're off to a good start. The Senators are as well. Sabres will meet them on Tuesday. Yeah, Jake Sanderson, outstanding yep. young player for that team. So, yeah, they've got a lot of upside. And that's a team that, as we came into this season, they maybe are what the Sabres were a year ago. Are they a team that can put it together and – make a, enough of a push they've they've kind of built towards this now they may be a year or two away but they're definitely a team that could be on your heels we're going to hear from sabers gm kevin adams in just one moment but let's finish with the islander game upcoming here on saturday pat the islanders started off zero and three losing to the devils the flyers and the devils 
Then they beat Buffalo. I'm oh, sorry, that was the end of the preseason. They beat Buffalo in the regular season opener, and then they beat – I was looking at the preseason roster. My apologies. So they're 2-0. and I'm like, hey, they started with three losses, and then bounced back two. Those were all preseason. So, they, yes, they responded nicely from their preseason losses. They're 2-0. and They beat Buffalo, and they beat the Coyotes, and they've only given up two goals in two games. So doing what they normally do. Good goaltending. Sorokin playing great. Good defense. Uh, they have the Devils tomorrow night at home. So then they'll travel to Buffalo, get here late Friday night, and then play the Sabres on Saturday. So we could see a 3-0 and team if they're able to beat New Jersey tomorrow. Yeah, it's a small sample size, but a 952 save percentage for Sorokin, who's made 40 saves and 42 shots. That's To me, this is the Islanders team. This is who they are. They're a good defensive team, and they've only given up two goals through two games. That's what you've got to contend with. And for an, a team right now, the Sabres, that is inconsistent on offense, that's this is probably a team you don't want to have coming in here when you're starting to think about maybe, uh-oh, we're going to lose four of our first five if it doesn't go your way on Saturday. If you can play the way you did in the second half of the game at UBS Arena last weekend, yep. you'll have much better results, but you have to start playing that way right from the start. Sabres fall here to the Flames by a 4-3 to three score. We, at this time, going to let you hear a little from the Sabres general manager. He spoke with Shopa the Bulldog earlier this afternoon on our flagship station on WGR. Then this, of course, airing before this game tonight, so uh, some of the questions are about this game with the Flames, but uh, the majority of it, really good stuff from the Sabres GM, kind of where his mindset is with Devin Levi, some of the young players, his thoughts on three goalies coming up in this too, which is pretty interesting to hear, uh, and then, of course, you know what uh, the Sabres kind of early season goals are, all coming your way here with the Sabres GM. All right, let's hear Kevin Adams with Chopin the Bulldog from earlier today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.